You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're glad you're here with us today. I'm Leah Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm the youngest sister. I'm a writer and producer and happy to be here with my sisters today. Julie, what's happening there? Hi, I'm Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I live in Dallas, Texas. Um, I'm an urban nana. I have my grandchildren, a community volunteer and a podcaster. What about you, Liz? This is Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. I'm the middle sister. I'm a podcaster and a marketer. I'm very happy to be here with you two. And before we started the show, we did just want to say a few things about the Buffalo shooting. You know, we've been doing Satellite Sisters since April of 2000. And so there have just been so many times when we've had to ask ourselves after a mass shooting, what can we what can we possibly say about this? You know, when Virginia Tech happened in 2007, we were live on the radio. This was our days on a, you know, a news radio station live all over the country. We were live on the radio as the news started to come in that 32 people had been murdered there. You know, then Sandy Hook, you know, in 2012, a horrifying slaughter of children in a quiet town that was really just a short distance from where we grew up and we had just been there right julie right we had been we had been up in connecticut for our mother's funeral yeah it just felt very close then charleston the church shooting in 2015 was a vicious hate crime for which there are no words the orlando pulse nightclub in 2016 another vicious hate crime then the marjorie stoneman douglas high school in parkland florida in 2018 you know when we talked about this a lot at the time Our longtime listener, Heather, lives there in Parkland, and her daughter was a graduate of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Remember, we read her daughter's lovely letter on the air? Yeah. Like, you just don't even know where to go talking about these things. And then Las Vegas 2016, Leon, a friend of yours, was actually there and survived. Yes, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there are just so many more. And now, now there's Buffalo. And you know, another vicious hate crime for which there are no words. And yet we still struggle to find something meaningful to say. Right. You would think after so many years and so many shootings that we would have some sort of, you know, some sort of comforting words to say. And we don't. This crime seemed particularly terrible to me. I mean, a grocery store, honestly, you know, clearly racially motivated. People are just going in to pick up birthday cakes and, you know, a few things for Sunday dinner with their family. I, it, uh, this just tore me apart. Uh, they, they all do. They all, they all do. tear me apart. But they all do in their own way. Schools, grocery stores, a hair salon in Dallas, a subway. I mean, it feels like nowhere is safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the fact that it feels like, oh, there's just nothing which simply isn't true. That's also just beyond words. Mm -hmm. It's also beyond frustrating. Mm -hmm. It's beyond frustrating. So I, you know, we don't have any giant words of wisdom, but we wanted to acknowledge what happened in Buffalo. We're sure we have listeners in that area. That must be incredibly hard. You know, what's, it's unbelievable to me is that by this point, there's probably not one person in the country that has not been directly affected by some sort of mass shooting. And, you know, we just, we listed off a handful of things we felt like we had a personal association with, but everybody has that same list. This, uh, it's just extraordinary that we've all, we've been through this over and over and over again as a country. It's just beating us all up beating us all down. Right. And we've said from the beginning of Satellite Sisters that the sense of connection is the most important sense we have. And so you think of all the people you're connected to, you know, in all of these shootings and all the people that are connected to those who died and just our hearts break and our hearts go out because we are all connected. So Buffalo, we just wanted to acknowledge that we're thinking of you and um, that's all we can say at this time. All right. We are going to do a whole show 
uh, some some of it will be better news. But I, you know, breaking news last week, I I came down with COVID. Um, so after two and a half years of not getting it, I had to cancel my East Coast trip. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that experience, but also just the grim news that one million Americans have died of this virus. Terrible news. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Julie, you have some international news from Russia. It's been a yes. couple yeah. Yeah. I mean, since we've talked about Russia, but you have some breaking news from there. I do. And then uh, we're going to turn things around. You know, when I was when I was homesick, you, Liz and Julie were off having the times of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> we feel I mean, we feel really badly for you. Leah. We did. Well, you do. That we was sort of... for all three of us. We're going away and having a great week. Yeah, we, just, know. we did not I know. know you would be quarantining at home. Yeah, I know. I know. So we're going to hear about your 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 individual trips. You have uh, you have some some tales to tell. I can't wait. We haven't really talked about actually what happened on your trip. So I'm always interested to hear this. We have a few entertaining sisters recommendations and a cooking with Liz announcement. So, um, so stand by who huge. All right. So Liz, you go first. Where, what happened? Where'd you go? Tell us, tell us about your trip. Where were you Liz? Okay. So you may recall that a few weeks ago I mentioned on the air that I was going to a costume party. That was a birthday party for my friend, Mark, my very dear friend, who is the son of mama Capra, who we speak about a lot on satellite sisters. So anyway, this was a big birthday party for Mark and he organized a big group of his friends. It turned out to be 17 of us. Oh my God to St. Lucia in the West Indies. Ooh, that sounds exotic and good, Liz. I had never been there. I No, I was very excited to go. So I flew to Miami. That's where Mark lives. And then there's one squad that was like the Miami squad. Then there was another team, New York. They were flying down. And then there were a few people from random places around the world. Out of the 17 of us, we were from eight different countries. It was really very international. Mm. Um, But uh, so it the fact that there were 17 of us all trying to converge on the same place and then be nice to each other for a whole week did remind me a lot of when there were very few times when we traveled as children, as a family, because, uh-huh. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> because there were eight kids in our, our family. And then our mother's twin sister had nine kids. So when we went on vacation, we often went together. So that's that, that's the 17 kids and three parents scenario. This felt a little bit like that because you think, okay, everybody has luggage, but luggage times 17 is a lot of luggage, yes. <laughs> especially because of the costume party. So, oh, oh, one last thing. And Team New York, they were, they were taking off from Kennedy and their plane like skidded off the runway because the brakes locked up. So they had to go back and start again. So they started with the whole drama. They were exhausted by the time they even arrived. So um, anyway, so we got there and it was really fun. It was this beautiful beach resort. Uh, but let me get to the costume party because I had pre-promoted <laughs> that. How did that I have one out? question about the beach resort though can i ask yeah is the yeah. water is the was the water warm and beautiful so warm so beautiful the caribbean is everything it's cracked up to be Leon. i mean you i haven't it. been there in so long I, I just have not been to the caribbean so i just i forget yeah. i'm used to just cold water no it was very warm it's also we were in you this sort tell, of- you should tell Leon it was cold until- <laughs> okay. it was also it was in this kind of bay where it was very easy even with old lefty for me to get in and out of the water. Whereas if there had been too many waves, I'm not sure my balance would have sustained, but you know, when you come out of the water, there's always that last hump of sand that you have to like get up and over. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I had trouble with that. So I got into the habit. I would just be standing there like at the edge of the Caribbean mm-hmm. waiting for somebody to walk by and be like, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just calling out to strangers. Could you just give me a hand here? I just need one solid shove to get it all over this last. So I was depending on the kindness of strangers to get in and out of the Caribbean, but otherwise delightful in every way. If it wasn't so far, Leon, I would suggest you go there. But I think I think we have Hawaii here on the West. I know we have Hawaii. I know. I know. Not that I've been there in a million years. Right. Me neither. Okay. Just sorry. I just, I just wanted to ask about the water. No, Caribbean Sea, I highly recommend it for those of you who live on the East Coast. Okay. So the the costume party was not a party at all. It was a costume photo shoot. It was this 
is what happens when you vacation with too many art directors and marketers. Oh. In this case, we had a professional photographer in the group and also a videographer who's also a drone operator. So he brought his drone on vacation. Oh. So now you know what you're dealing with here. And uh, so I have to say, as proud as I was, remember the theme was we each had to dress as an island and we were assigned what our island was. So some people got the sexy islands, you know, Haiti, Jamaica, Bahamas. And some people like me got the very unsexy uh, island like Ireland. So mm-hmm. I was Ireland. And I, you know, I've shown you guys some of the elements of my costume. I would say my costume was high concept, but not as visually impactful as it needed to be when you're being shot by a drone 50 feet up. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I had those earrings that had the, the quotes from James Joyce on them. Yeah. Yeah. You really appreciate that from the drone footage. (laughs) Nice Liz. So I feel like I held my own when we were all just standing next to each other, but that there was no part of the photo shoot that really required that. We did as a group, we uh, avoided one near disaster. Wallace lives in Rio. His costume was seized at, seized at customs coming into St. Lucia because it had all of this like real foliage on it. Like they were dried leaves, but it was, you know, he had a big, Carnival costume. Yeah. Oh, yes. of So it's like a grass skirt and a huge headdress and all of that. Customs would not give it up. Just would not. Oh, it, but what it took him, what, wait, it took him five days of like going to the highest levels of authority in St. Lucia. Mm-hmm. And somehow he managed to on Thursday, right before the Friday, get his costume back. So <laughs> we were very, that that took a lot of energy. So anyway, so the, I'm going to post some of the photos uh, in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group and you'll be able to appreciate, you know, these people were very crafty, very, uh, you know, the woman Sophie is from Denmark. So she was assigned to be the Faroe Islands. She made this adorable little like leather skirt and top. It was very, very Hunger Games is what I would say her look was, you know, and much younger than me. So she was adorable. Uh, Cuba, Haiti. Anyway, people looked great. Um, I looked okay if you were standing right next to me. (laughs) Were were there prizes awarded at this costume party? Okay. There were no prizes. It was not a competition. And Mark, the birthday boy, he was Sicily. So he came as a um, Sicilian goat herder, complete with a stuffed goat. Uh, You know, which even the drone footage could make out the goat. Uh, anyway, so, so I think there's some lessons learned for you, Liz, about costume parties. You have yes. to consider drones in your yes. <laughs> I didn't never anticipated the the drone, but I think there's a lesson learned here for if you're organizing a big group activity, a costume party or even a costume photo shoot is really a good idea. It gives people one thing about vacations that are planned well in advance. They're more fun than the ones that you like at the last minute decide mm-hmm. on a getaway. The fact that we all had three months to like think about this and plan for this made it even more fun than a regular vacation. So I recommend that. So then let's just, so this was what they call a wellness resort, which I would say it was sort of a, you know, a fitness camp with cocktails is the way I would describe (laughs) this place. Okay. Nice. (laughs) So for me, again, because of lefty, I would just say so much water aerobics. I did water aerobics twice a day, every day I was there. It was so, so great. I loved being in the sea. I loved being in the pool. There was just a lot of good watery things that I could enjoy, but people were doing a lot of, um, they were doing some harder things. Uh, anyway, so, but there was also a spa at these spa vacations. I found from the few times I've taken a real spa vacation, you always sign up for at least one very non-standard thing, right? Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever done that? Were you yes. Think? Yeah. 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 You, the, right. I, Ayurvedic oils. I don't know what that is, but sure. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. Let's go for it. That might be something I need. So, um, so I tried reflexology Mm. because I had had that once before and found it fascinating and kind of revealing, but also my poor left foot can use all the attention I can give it. Right. So, and even if I don't learn anything about my overall health, the fact that you're massaging my foot is fine with me. Anyway, so so just one hour of people paying attention, a woman paying attention only to my feet. So here's um, reflexology is when they touch various parts of your foot and it tells them about other parts of your body and how you're feeling and what could use some work. So the conclusions from the reflexologist at the very end, she said um, this to me, three things. You are dehydrated, you are bloated, and you are anxious. <laughs> oh, no. Liz, that's a bummer. But I think that's some serious science, Julie, because all of those things are true. <laughs> right. It's not like she told me anything that was false. 100%. Really, every person who touched me all week, any of them, they all told me I was dehydrated. So I knew that was coming. But bloated and anxious? Yeah, okay. I'm going to cop to the... So I am home now with a a wellness approach to try to increase my hydration and decrease, decrease the bloating and anxiety. Okay. So it's really a valuable vacation. There you have it. Good work. How can you be dehydrated or, or do you not drink? I don't drink lot? water. No. Oh, well, oh, that's how. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I do huh. occasionally, I'm just not methodical about hydration at all. Oh, okay. 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 Well, you should work on that then, Liz. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> we agree what... with your reflexologist, Liz. Okay. Yes. I, I didn't know I dehydrated bloated. and bloated at the same time. So no, that's... I know. Okay. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. Okay. Yeah. Special yeah. I think I knew I was dehydrated and knew I was anxious. Did I really use the word bloated to describe myself? Mm. But she's right. She's right. They know. Anyway, there you go. It was a fantastic vacation uh, with a lot of fun. And being with a group of fun people was just such a delight after, you know, just a lot of isolation and right. Right. Um, aloneness. So, so, so fun. Well, All right. So, Julie, you went, you went to another part of the world. I, I went did. To Peru. I, yeah, I did. I had an adventure last week that you both would have hated. Okay. That's. <laughs> I went on a hiking and walking tour of Peru with with my husband, my sister-in-law, Carrie, my brother-in-law, Phil, um, and we hiked and walked and ended up at Machu Picchu. So it was fantastic. But Leanne, I mean, I I think you would prefer COVID to um, to this trip, okay? Because everything you hate was in this, okay? It was hiking, there was altitude, there was elevation, and uh, there was nothing you would like. And I was, I thought of you on the trail. <laughs> I was like, Leon would hate this. And Liz, you know, the Incas, they were crazy about steps. So <laughs> yes. we did, we did steps with no guardrails, Liz. Okay. Yes. We one hike that included coming down 700 steps. Okay. Oh my we did God. another one that where you had to climb up 326 steps. Can you believe that? And Julie, were you in shape to do this? I'm impressed. Well, you know, I I mean, I do a lot of walking and hiking here in Dallas, but I don't do it at 11,000 feet or 8,000 feet. So it was a challenge. But the highlight was we did do a one day hike on the Inca Trail. Now, the Inca Trail is very long, over 40 miles, um, but you can hike and end up at the sun gate at Machu Picchu, up, up, up above Machu Picchu, and then the clouds open, and then you see this remarkable sight. So we signed up for the one-day trek, and this, you know, it showcased mountain scenery, flowers, wildlife. It was all great. But the start of the hike, you first of all, you can't drive to Machu Picchu. You you have to take a little train. That's, that's the only way. That sounds to- fun. Okay, so it's good, Liz. But then they uh, they drop you off in the middle of the jungle. Okay, the train stops. All the hikers got out. 
And there, and then the train went on. Okay. So there you were. And the first thing we had to do, Leanne, is we had to go across a really literally an Indiana Jones style uh, suspension bridge. Oh, wow. Rickety, rickety boards over a roaring river. And uh, I mean, I was really scared, but the train had already left. So there was no turning back. I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought for a second, well, maybe I could just go back and stand there and the next train would pick me up. But no, no, you couldn't. But this <laughs> this is it's not a commuter the, train. No, it's not a computer <laughs> train. And we were in the jungle, which is fantastic. They have beautiful wild orchids, begonias, lantana, wow. geraniums. I mean, the flowers are extraordinary. But Leon, I didn't see many of them at all because the one thing that I, I guess is part of my prep, you know, I was enthusiastic about doing this, but I didn't really read a lot about the Inca Trail is the Incas have. I was thinking it was like a jungle trail, but they they have paved it with these giant um, rocks. The entire hike, it's an eight mile hike, 2000 feet of elevation up, 1000 ele- feet of elevation down is uh, they are rocks in the gen- jungle. So, mm. and in some cases, the path was three foot wide. Other cases, it was four foot wide. And it's a- along the side of a cliff. Okay. <laughs> so there was no way I could look up at these flowers. Okay. I had to keep my head down because it's, and did I say it was raining, which was actually a good thing. Okay. I mean, because it's the jungle and it's super hot and everyone in our group decided that it was much better that it was raining because it really would have been unbearable in the sun. Uh, you know, we we came across spectacular Inca ruins, but it was it was really, really hard. And but I have to say what propelled me through this entire hike was the like the power of the group. We had great we had great leaders, you know, Chantal, Jose Tito, who just referred to us as Pumas because that's um that's one of the symbols. You don't think I'm a Puma Leon? No. Okay, good. I mean that's that's some good psychology there. Yeah. <laughs> Puma power, Leon. Okay. And there was great conversation along the trail with all the hikers. Of course, I couldn't really participate in a lot of it because I was breathing so heavily and had my head down. But I just have to give a Satellite Sisters $5 shout out to my fellow hikers, Barbara, Tanya, Michelle and Wade, Bill and Alexandra. And of course, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, Carrie and Phil. I mean, we started this, you know, eight mile uh, trek as really strangers And then when we finally made the last climb up these Inca steps and, you know, Incas had very small feet. So the (laughs) steps were only like maybe like five inches. And my poor Mm. husband, who has size 12 foot, I mean, he was like falling back off these steps. I mean, it was all for it was very dangerous. But the payoff was extraordinary when we arrived at the sun gate. And there we look down on like the seven, one of the seven wonders of the world, Machu Picchu. So I did it. I, I'm never going to do it again, uh, but I loved it. And we're never going to do it either. So thank no, you no, for you a really complete never- description. <laughs> you are never going to do it. Wait, Julie, can I ask, isn't this a trip you had planned before COVID and it got canceled because this, of COVID? This, exactly, Liz. This was a trip from 2020 um, that we had, we were going to go um, May 2020. So we've just been rolling it over and we finally went this year. I'm glad we went. Peru is just opening up. I mean, it was a great time to visit Machu Picchu because it wasn't very crowded. Um, um, and we, we just had a great time. So well worth the wait. Um, and uh, a very exhilarating and renewing and refreshing vacation. That's Excellent. Great. And just for the record, I'd like to say re- vis-a-vis elevation, I'm all for it if I'm on skis, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I like to ride things to the top of a mountain and then ski down. I'm all okay. for it. Okay. <laughs> but okay. walking up and walking down, not that interested. But uh, <laughs> It just made me laugh about how much you two would have hated. Oh, yeah, that sounds terrible, what you just described. (laughs) All right, stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters.
Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. <laughs> the book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair <laughs> because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leon's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, you I like did. to share? Would you like I know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Okay, we're back. Uh, Leon here with Julie and Liz. All right, so you guys know last week I had to cancel my trip to Connecticut and New York because after two and a half years, I finally tested positive for COVID. And I was just so oh, sorry. That's so sad. I know, Leon. we were so bummed for you. What a disappointment. It was a huge disappointment and it was very stressful. The first 24 hours uh, was very stressful because I, uh, I had been on a book tour for a month, right? Walking into a lot of rooms with a lot of people doing my best to maintain some discipline and some, you know, six foot rules. And a lot of my events were outside and I was washed a lot. But when you're the keynote speaker, you know, you're just, you're moving. A lot of people want to talk to you. There's a lot of interaction. Yeah. You know, at some point I just had to kind of give myself over to the fact 
fact that this was a book tour and I was out on it. And so when I started to feel poorly, I was like, oh no. Uh, and it was about 36 hours before I was supposed to leave for my trip. So, um, so initially what can happen, and I'm, I'm sure other people have done this, is you just think irrationally, well, if I don't test, I won't have COVID. Yeah. You know? Right, right, <laughs> right. Just That's don't one ask, don't yeah. ask, don't tell. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. So it was on, on Mother's Day, I was like, huh, I could just not do this and then get on that plane Tuesday morning. And then I realized that, you know, as part of my trip, uh, not only was I appearing at the Pequot Library and at uh, Theodore's Books in Oyster Bay, Long Island, but I was also going to be seeing a lot of family and friends, including our Aunt Nancy, who is for us, our oldest living relative. And I was going to be seeing our niece Megan and her three kids, who are our youngest living relatives. And I was like, <laughs> I could literally take out everyone in the whole family if I yeah, so yeah. really test and be very, uh, very cautious about this. So what I, it was two minutes where you're like, hmm. and then once you test, it's just, oh, I couldn't believe it. So the first 24 hours was super stressful because I had to cancel everything. I had to cancel oh, the no. events. I had to make sure that people who had bought tickets had refunds and things like that, because the library event was ticketed a portion of it. I had to cancel all my travel. Uh, and, you know, then I had set everything up myself. So everything needed to be canceled. And I was grateful to the airlines and, and to the hotel for, you know, fully refunding everything. I was very grateful for that. Do they do that would be because you said it was, you had COVID or are they just refunding tickets anyway? I think the airlines just refunding it. The hotel I had used miles and I, they, they had a no refund policy, but because I had COVID, uh, they, they did refund it. Okay, and and what I appreciated most was I sounded so bad by that point when I was calling all the hotels and the airlines to cancel the rental car place that people started giving me medical advice. They were, there were, mm. there was no question that they felt terrible for me. I should go sit out in the sun. I should take it easy. A lot of medical medical advice from the people working in customer Good. service. So I appreciated <laughs> their concern, but I, I have to say this at no point did I think, well, this seems just like a cold because I know you've heard that a lot. I had, I think what was technically mild symptoms. If there's actually like clinical definitions of mild, moderate and severe symptoms. And I had a high fever for over 72 hours. So oh, it was spiking yeah. to 103 repeatedly every, every four hours. And then I'd have to take more Tylenol. Um, I I, I, my brain was racing. The only way I can describe it. I was in a lot of trouble sleeping until I took some sleep aids, uh, two or three days in, um, and then just extreme, uh, fatigue. I did have some congestion. You can hear, I still have that after 11 days. I still have some now. So I, I never felt like, Oh, this doesn't seem bad. The whole time I was thinking, I hope this doesn't get any worse. Mm -hmm. Like I, this seems very scary to me. And I'm going to, uh, I had some really good advice from people who had been through it before to just try to turn my brain off. I can't describe that in any more clear words. Like it's, it's, it's not something I wanted to power through. I was advised not to power through it, that you need to rest everything, including like your brain. So, so doing all the cancellation, doing all the emails. We had a show coming out that day. I had like a little bit to do the first 24 hours. And then I just, just did nothing for 72 hours because I had been advised really rest your brain, which mm -hmm. is, you know, well, there's, and I there's tried something to they call COVID brain, Leanne, you know, yeah. that's a real thing. I definitely felt a lot of brain fog. I mean, I, I mean, you know, take this as it will yesterday, a package arrived from Republic. I had no idea what was in it. Apparently I ordered <laughs> something <laughs> from Banana Republic. It was like, huh, while you I had COVID, you were like, yes. you were ordering yes. things? Good. Okay. Yes. Well, could well. have been worse. Yeah. Could have been worse. <laughs> right. So, so that, you know, that being said, like the whole time I was just very aware that I wanted to give this a slow and steady recovery. Uh, I had to cancel everything for this week too. Um, just, I had some personal things happening. I had one book event that I was uh, doing in Oceanside, California, and I canceled all that too. So I just, I, I took it very seriously because of things people had said. And, you know, I, I wanted to minimize the effects, the chances that I was going to get long COVID. Um, I, I, I was uh, isolated upstairs in my bedroom. 
um, which I have to say, not terrible, frankly, <laughs> after. <laughs> Good. So, so your, husband, your son did not come upstairs. My husband's son did not come upstairs. Uh, my husband did a couple of times. He actually put a TV in upstairs. That's what he did for me on day one. We didn't have a TV in our bedroom. He's like, you're going to need this. He ordered a TV, put on a mask, installed the TV. Right. Um, yes, it was super, super nice of him. And I did, I did watch the TV, uh, <laughs> everything. So, but, you know, it was, uh, I just took it, I would say I took it as seriously as I could. And I, I think these descriptions of, you know, it's a mild cold, but it's not a mild cold. And I was really reminded of that because last week we passed the grim milestone of 1 million Americans dying from COVID. That's just a number that's incomprehensible. So I remember, shocking. you know, two years ago when we crossed the 50,000 threshold and that seemed just devastating and how could we ever come back from that? And so I was, you know, very conscious that, this was a, a virus that had taken taken a lot of people's lives, young and old, people with no pre-existing conditions. Boy, was I grateful that I had been vaccinated and boosted. Um, I thought a lot about people that had contracted COVID before the vaccines were available and what their parents mm-hmm. must have been like, because it's not a picnic, even with the vaccines. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I never lost sense of taste or smell. I didn't have a headache or body ache. So that seems kind of strange, but I was grateful for that. But, you know, the fever, the brain fog, the, the racing brain, the not being able to sleep, those were all, and it's just it's kind of anxiety provoking to have. Yeah, sure. Um, so, but, uh, but one of the interesting things is that I've been out doing this speech for um, my book tour. And now I've talked, I've talked to about 10, 10 large groups. In fact, you know, right before I was diagnosed, I spoke to 150 women in Pasadena. And then the next day, uh, later in the day, I was like, this isn't great. But, um, but I've been talking a lot about grief and loss, because even though my book is a, is a, a Parisian romp, you know, in our yes. history mystery, there is a pretty deep and serious storyline about grief and loss, because the main character loses her dad in 9-11. So uh, I had the opportunity in 2021, when I was doing the rewriting for Lost and Found in Paris, you know, nine years in the making, took me nine years to get this book published, to think about you know, now in light of COVID and how many people we've lost and all of a sudden we're in this period of national loss and grieving and mourning and how to, how to take that information. And then it's very public and then have some sort of private grief journey. You know, I've been talking a lot about that in my, in my um, speeches and it's been very touching to people. I, I, I mean, I can see that it's resonating. I know people tell me and this idea that, you know, we have all lost something in the last three years. And some of us have lost, you know, the the highest level of loss, if there's a level is to have lost someone close to you, but we've lost moments and we've lost memories and, you know, all the events that didn't happen and the trips of a lifetime and the graduations and the weddings. And we've all lost sort of maybe a little bit of a joie de vie or sense of adventure. There's just a, just a really wide range of losses. And so that was all coming to me last week as I was reading the stories and the impact of these 1 million deaths. And, and every single time I've done this speech, first of all, I cry, uh, and then other people cry. So that's a good speech. You know, you laugh, you cry, (laughs) but, but every single time after it, someone has come up to me and said, I've lost my spouse to COVID and it just, and then they break down and then I break down. So there's a lot of crying at my talks, but, um, but it's just a reminder that people have really lost a lot over the last couple of years. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and it's immeasurable and that's, there's not a time frame on how we're going to get over that. Or, you know, just because somebody says you can take a mask off in a public space doesn't mean our, our, our journey is over that we've crossed everything we've been through. So it just felt particularly impactful last week to have it. And we crossed this milestone and I've been talking about this. And obviously this idea that loss is a, you know, and grief is, is there's no timeline for that, that you can perfect. I don't know, just all really hit me last week. I found, I found it was, so I felt terrible. I wasn't sleeping. I had the high fever, but I was also just super emotional Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. the whole experience. Um, just because 
it, it just seemed like it was all coming to a head. So, um, so I, I, I'm grateful to be on the mend now. I would say I'm about 90% of the way through 95% of the way through the, through the journey. I've been in isolation for 11 days now, so I'm free to roam about the country. Um, I, I'm really cutting back on my schedule, but on the other hand, I'm very aware that I have that whole other book I have to write by the end of June. So that's well, not don't think oh, about Oh my that. God, right. Oh, yeah. wow. don't think, don't think yeah. about that. No, time. I know. I know. So, uh, but uh, to people who were going to come see me in Connecticut and New York, I am trying to reschedule that. Looks like it might be October now. I was trying for September, but I, I, I'm trying to nail down a date with the library for October, but um just didn't really do any work last week. So just trying to get back on, it's hard to schedule things when you're sick. I had a couple of people say, Hey, do you want to do this or that? No, I can't no, <laughs> currently just positive for COVID. Yeah. So, um, but, but thanks for all the kind messages and I am trying to, you know, get that rescheduled for the fall. So I'll be in touch, but I, I appreciate everybody was um, so supportive and, and such nice messages. So thank you. Okay. Well, it was thank good. goodness you're on the mend. Thank right. goodness. I mean, and, it, and you go through it in an isolated way. It makes it even harder. It's not like you can have people around you while you're going through this. So we're, right. glad, you're, we're glad you're on the mend. Yeah. Yeah. So you, Julie, you're right about that. It's, it's, it's isolating, like, you know, figuratively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, we're going to switch gears a little. We're talking about other stories in the news this week. One is that McDonald's is the latest Western company to announce that they're they're exiting Russia. Uh, Liz, I think you'll like this term. They are de-arching uh, from <laughs> Russia. Oh, my God. That's what Somebody it. thought that up in a meeting. Yes. Right. Okay. So that means removing the golden arches from yes. the, from the okay. land. But Russia has 847 restaurants and they have a large number of employees. You know, McDonald's has been in Russia for 30 years and uh, they really were emblematic of Western companies trying to invest in post-Soviet Russia. Uh, When I lived in Russia, I can tell you that uh, McDonald's was extremely popular with Muscovites. I mean, people would line up for burgers and fries. In fact, the, the McDonald's in Pushkin Square in Moscow is one of the was one of the top performing stores in the world. Mm. OK, Russians love McDonald's. They love their burgers and fries. But what was also interesting is they always ate in the store as if it was fine dining. They didn't they didn't do takeout. No, no. The Russians wanted to sit down, enjoy, sit at the tables. Um, so uh, they are de-arching um, and they join a long list of Western companies that are walking away uh, from really sizable investments, um, billions of dollars. They're joining other you know, car companies, oil companies that have just pulled out because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So well, I remember, Julie, I remember when we visited you in Moscow, Lee, and you were there, right, on that trip? Yes. And the we saw the huge McDonald's in Pushkin Square yeah. and and all of the people. And the you, you were telling us that, like, part of it is there was not, in Soviet Russia, there was not really a flourishing restaurant scene correct? because there was not very much food and also so much spying that the last thing people would do was eat in public. Right. 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 Exactly. Liz. Yes. And so the idea that, that McDonald's was flourishing was sort of a sign that things were changing, right? That that their, their culture and their government and everything was opening up. So, wow. Yep. What a reversal. Just never Never worked out that way. No. It's very dramatic. It is. It is to be de-arched. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, on a lighter note, for I, last week in the depths of uh, my COVID fog, I was like, post more graduation photos on our Facebook page because I had just started to see some and there was just such joy in these photos and graduations for the last couple of years have been you know, either non-existent or bound by all these rules or virtual or only one person in the family could come. So it was just a real pleasure to see uh, everybody's graduation photos and the Satellite Sisterhood delivered. It was fantastic to see your high school photos or college. We had several doctors graduating. Yes, I was impressed. Very next 
doctors, please, yes, get to work. We need we you. We had all kinds of cum laude's, magna cum laude's, high distinctions. We had a really smart group. Yeah. Super smart group. We've got nurses, we've got educators, people getting their masters. Oh, it was just exciting to see all these photos. So yes, I, I want to encourage people to post more graduation photos in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Just very joyous to see. Thanks. I appreciated it. I did. Well, Leon, you know, uh, Leon and Liz, I was actually looking at those graduation posts uh, when I was in Peru, and maybe it was the high altitude or just being away from it all. I really started to think about what I would say to the 2022 graduates. I mean, let me just say, no one is asking me to give a graduation <laughs> speech, okay? I no was one. wondering. Like, no, 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 no. No, but I did. I don't know. I just had moments to reflect, and I had like five things that I would say to graduates as the senior ranking satellite sister uh, in the family. My first thing is if I was facing, if I was talking to graduates, I'd say, take a breath, Uh, let it sit overnight. Uh, While many other speakers are gonna tell young graduates to follow their passion, I have found that I make better decisions, write better emails, posts, and general communication if I stop to think rather than react in the moment. So that's okay. my first. Solid a- advice. Solid okay. advice. Okay. Number two, travel outside your comfort zone. I would, for me, nothing has been more meaningful to my personal development than to travel and live in places where you do not have the same views or the same orientation as anyone else. It makes you humble and flexible. And I think those are two important characteristics that you need. Three, I forgive yourself and forgive others. Love is forgiveness. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to screw up. You're going to hurt people. And in turn, others are going to do the same. But resentment won't get you anywhere. The most love is really about forgiveness. And there's great power in forgiveness. Four, listen to this. It's very important. Aging equals drying. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes. You have to start now. Okay. (laughs) Moisturize everything, everything you can possibly moisturize. That's what you you do. Hydration. It's a good hydration lesson for me too. (laughs) Aging equals drying. Just make a note. And finally, from our parents, Edna and Jim Dolan and their book of life, I say, make your own good luck and remember that you go around once in life. So live your life with hard work, hope and joy. Oh, how about that for a graduation? Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Hit the road. Just start doing that freelance to stand up (laughs) at some malls or I don't know. (laughs) On street corners. Just, I have a TED talk, Julie, just, just videotape it as a TED talk, post it, go for it. All right. (laughs) No, that was excellent advice, Julie. Great advice. Great advice. All right, stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. When we come back, we have some entertaining sisters uh, recommendations, more books, and Liz is cooking with Liz still happening. Stay with us. <laughs> Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we We love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo, yes. you can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay. You know, we have raved about the Andaria algae body oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria collagen body oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself. (laughs) 
because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SAT Sisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's a hundred percent grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Okay, we are back. This is Liz and I have a little cooking with Liz update. So I decided that for this week, I wasn't around last week, several people posted, is Cooking with Liz on this week. Thank you for your interest. I really appreciate that. Mm. You know, I've been doing these short live cooking segments now on the Satellite Sisters YouTube channel. They started at the very beginning of COVID, and God knows I had no notion of continuing continuing this long. So um, I'm looking for a new concept. So I'm working on that. But in the meantime, I feel like given the fact that I just came back from a wellness resort that this weekend I would do a wellness dish sisters something that what does that mean whenever you're at these fitness (laughs) wellness spa things there are a couple of things they always have um of course they always have the cucumber water which obviously I've not been drinking for many years so got to start drinking that uh they start every day with two things right they start with a smoothie don't they and uh as you know, I've been living the smoothie lifestyle for quite a while, so I don't need to teach myself any more smoothies. But the other thing they always have at these places is wellness muffins. Do you know, mm. you know what I mean? They're always mm. those little muffins that are made of like seeds and stuff. Mm. And yeah, that's <laughs> stuck in your teeth. Oh, those sound yeah. yeah. mm. So I don't know if it's ripping up. I don't know if making a muffin actually counts as cooking, but I've been very inspired over the last couple of years by um, Shalane Flanagan. You know, I'm working mainly in the track and field world right now. And Shalane Flanagan, uh, she's an Olympic medalist in the marathon. She's won the New York City Marathon. You may recall that last year she was uh, the one who ran six marathons in seven weeks. She's retired now and in her spare time running six marathons in seven weeks. Anyway, Shalane Flanagan has also published several cookbooks. Um, The most recent one is called Run Fast, Cook Fast, Eat Slow. 
So I can't do the first thing, no chance, but this is recipes for hangry people. So, you know, we love that word here. Her first cookbook was a bestseller called Run Fast, Eat Slow. Anyway, she's very famous, sisters, not just for winning the New York City Marathon, but for making these muffins that she calls superhero muffins. So that's what I'm going to make this Saturday on Cooking with Liz. I'm going to make a muffin. That's all. That's all. <laughs> okay. A couple, couple of weeks ago, I made a salad. Seemed like enough. Now I'm going to make a muffin, but it's a wellness muffin. Oh, so I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm do, you going have, to, do you have a muffin tin, Liz? Do you have muffin uh, tin? Yes. I think early in COVID, I bought a muffin tin for, wasn't I making some meatballs or something where they said, cook it in the muffin tin? It's a good question, Julie. I'll have to go look. Okay. Uh, go look and see if I have that. Anyway, so Saturday. Mm. These look. <laughs> Good. good. I'm looking at the recipe list. Yes. Oh, wow. Yummy. Yeah. And she's got like dozens of different kinds. So I might make the apple carrot, but I haven't finished. I know I'm not going to make the one. There's one that is um, beet blueberry molasses. I'm not making any muffins with beets in them. That is not happening. Um Anyway, I'll post the recipe that I'm making in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, but I'll be live on YouTube this Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific. So that's 5 p.m. Eastern. And we're just going to make a wellness muffin. And maybe I'll drink some water for you so you can see all that. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Liz, that is Well, that's what I mean about trying to find a new concept. Yeah, I feel like I need to move on from cooking. And um, I'm looking for a concept, but in the meantime, I'm going to make a muffin. There you go. Okay. Uh, just drinking water. That's just where drinking we're at water. Now. That is going to be a showstopper. Drinking yeah. water live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have some entertaining sisters recommendations. I mentioned my husband bought me a TV. So I watched a lot of TV, mainly because my brain was so scrambled and foggy. I couldn't read. There wasn't any reading going on. <laughs> so um, so now I've seen literally everything on some streaming services. I, I did subscribe. I did with it. I did the free seven day trials on a bunch of <laughs> bunch of new apps. And then I canceled after I watched the one or two things I wanted to. So uh, I can tell you over at Paramount Plus, um, the only thing over there worth watching is the first two seasons of The Good Fight, which oh. I hadn't seen. It's just, I love The Good Wife. And this is the, you know, streaming only version of that with Christine Baranski. After season two, to just get, it starts to like it cave in on itself, but the first two seasons are good. Okay. But hey. then I watched Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. Oh yeah. How is okay. that, Leon? You know, I've never even heard of that. What is it's that? Very, Liz, this is one that wouldn't even come up in your suggestions because it's <laughs> so, it's based on, I think it's based on a series of books about a group of friends in the South. So it's very Southern. The storylines are very gentle, which is why I could, I could watch it last week. You know, there's a lot of, the dialogue is not sharp. It's very soft, very, very okay. rounded edges, as I, I would say. And so I have some questions for the Southerners in the audience, uh, because some of the things that they do in the show repeatedly, I was like, is that really what happens in the South? Uh, so first of all, 90% of the scenes in Sweet Magnolias involve a beverage of well, some it's, kind. It's okay, hot in the South. Okay. Liz needs to hydrate. Mm-hmm. So yes, people are drinking tea, sweet tea. That makes sense, Liam. Yes. There's tea, there's coffee, there's sweet tea, there's margaritas, there's wine, but Julie, every single beverage has a giant slice of lemon in it. <laughs> like it's... <laughs> That's a good oh, see, you, you were not suffering brain fog. Look at your sharp observations, Leanne. That's Six a good slices of lemon. Some people wouldn't even notice that. I mean, but is the that, lemon, is that, is that your production notes? <laughs> right. I just thought, is that a, is that an art direction choice or is that actually is every, is it mandatory that every beverage is served with just a prominent citrus? Okay. So that's one. Uh, puff sleeves is that are, do women in the South just a lot of puff sleeves? I, know I love, sleeves. I love puff sleeves. Okay. Don't say anything wrong about them. No, okay. I'm not. I mean, I have large shoulders. So the last thing in the world I would ever wear is puff sleeves, right? <laughs> I don't need any more puff on my sleeves. Uh, but, um, but you, you are slim shouldered. So yes, they look good on you, but every woman in the show has a lot of puff sleeves. So question about that. And then two, a lot of the dialogue is, quotes upon quotes upon quotes. 
you know, like my mama says, or my granddaddy always says, or like Emily Dickinson says, like three or four times in a one hour episode, someone being one of their dead relatives. Is that something that happens a lot? Well, we, I did quote our mother and father. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. Julie, you are really absorbing the culture there. Okay. Yes. All right. What, what it, it was in my graduation speech is yeah. to get out of your comfort zone. Okay. <laughs> Leanne, I think you should move immediately to the South. A lot. So I just like those three answered about sweet magnolias. Very gentle show. Worth, worth, worth watching if you're, if you're in isolation or quarantine. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, that's quite a review, Leanne. Okay. Yes. In, in the what not to read on the plane department, um, I want to recommend Adriana Trigiani's new book. It's historic fiction, The Good Left Undone. Now, you know, Trigiani wrote the best-selling uh, The Shoemaker's Wife. Did you ever read that book? That was pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She's a good writer. Yeah. She's like a very her. good Trigiani. writer. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and while I feel like I've already read every book that ever ne- needs to be read or written about World War II, I somehow Tria Johnny's <laughs> book focuses on a family and built around in a historic fact, which is kind of interesting, that Italians living in Great Britain and Scotland were rounded up as World War II started and interned or deported to Canada because the Brits feared that they were conspiring with Mussolini. Oh. So they went, I had never heard that before. No, um, I didn't that, know that either. Okay, see, that's how I read the book. So um, so it's this is a, a lovely book. It's an interesting story. It's very sentimental. And it's a sob fest at the end. So that's why I don't recommend reading it on a plane. But I think it's a very good historic fiction. The good left undone. Okay. All right. Well, Julie, I just want to remind people last week, we did publish our best beach bag books list. And then we had our accompanying podcast. Um, I wasn't able because of my illness to, to get any kind of um, pep talk out or anything, but I will in the coming weeks, but we have a great list of books there, including historical fiction. If you like it, I was keenly aware of all the world war II historical fiction. So it's hard to avoid. I do have one pick in that category, angels of by Elise Hooper. Uh, and um, this is about uh, the war in the Pacific. Uh, so the, the group of nurses known as the Angels of the Bataan. So these were nurses that were held during the occupation of the Philippines in World War II. It's Liam, can, you say that, can you say that title one more time? Because you cut out a little bit. What is it? It's Angels of the Pacific. Angels of by, the Pacific, okay. By Elise Hooper. So I thought it was a little, like a, a slice of World War II historical fiction that I hadn't read a lot of. So she's a wonderful writer. We we talked to her a couple of years ago about her Olympic book, Fast Girls. And right. so this <laughs> is well-researched and character-driven and just sort of a stunning story. So that is on our uh, best beach bag books list, uh, as are several other titles of historical fiction if that's your genre. So the list is, of course, in the show notes. It's You just go right to our website where it says blog. You can find it. It's, it's all over the place. I'll be sending out a special book-related pep talk, not this week, but next. But lots of good historical fiction on our list. Good. Nice. Um, all right. I got one really funny Facebook post that I wanted to mention about Lost and Found in Paris. Again, thank you so much for all the support for that book. People really do seem to be enjoying it, which is really great. I can't, I can't say that enough. Good word of mouth is my best marketing tool. So if you feel compelled to share the book or share a review on Amazon or Goodreads or share it with your book club, fantastic. But I had to like this very honest post from Eileen over in our Facebook group. And she said, all right, I admit it. I was suspicious of all the rave reviews of Lost and Found in Paris. I figure we all love Leanne. We are the generation raised to always be polite. But mon (laughs) dieu, she nailed it. Complex story, beautiful descriptions, compelling characters. I loved it. Oh, Eileen, I love you. I mean, so funny. That's a good post. Thank you, Eileen. (laughs) 
<laughs> so the rest of you who are thinking that, see, Eileen loved it. <laughs> I mean, that's it. If I can win over Eileen, I have, I have achieved my professional goals. So that's it. She was skeptical. I won her over. Thank you, Eileen. And thank you for the many, many people that have said really nice things about the book. Um, it, 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 I, I don't like my book tour is technically sort of wrapping up because I have, I I have to go write this other book, uh, but I'm going to be out and about in the fall. I think doing some more stuff. Uh, we, there's definitely um, there's a another bring your own book club, a free crowdcast book club event in June. There's all kinds of things still happening. Um, a couple of things still happening about Lost and Found in Paris. I'm doing some private book clubs, so you can find out information on that um, at my website. Um, um, so all that's still happening. But I thank you, Eileen, for that comment. Really made me laugh. Oh, Leanne, thank you also for it. You gave me, I bought a big batch that you signed that I brought on my vacation. So much beach reading of Lost and Found in Paris among the people on vacation. People were loving it and they don't even know you. They don't even, Eileen, these people, my friends, they don't know Leanne. Maybe a few of them do, but most of them had never heard of Leanne Dolan. They were they were just loving it. Like just amazed. Like, wow, your sister actually wrote this. I'm like, yes, this is what writers do. They, they, they make up these amazing fun tales. So much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That is our show for today. I'm glad I made it through. Happy to be here. Uh, a big thanks to our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Thank you, Sergio, for making us sound great. Emily Loudermilk does our graphics. If you want to see Emily's work, just uh, follow us on Instagram at Sat Sisters or subscribe to Pep Talk. You can find the subscription uh, bot or whatever it's called pop up, the subscription pop up if you go to satellitesisters.com. It's a reminder, Liz, that we do have a full fully functioning website, don't we? Do yeah. we have so much on the web? Leanne said that she has the blog post there. People don't even know we have a blog post, but all of the episodes are there. The history of Satellite Sisters is there. Satellitesisters.com. We also have a full YouTube channel too. So also just good. It's, it's more going to be drinking water on it this weekend. <laughs> oh. Drinking water live, Julie. See, that's the thing. But okay. there's a lot, there's a lot on the Satellite Sisters YouTube channel that is not cooking with Liz. We put, we post all the podcasts there now. So if you have a friend who is say not a podcast listener, so they don't really know how to do that, have the apps on their phone, they don't get that. Now you can just go to the Satellite Sisters YouTube channel and forward them the podcast on YouTube because everyone knows how to use YouTube. So I suggest that. Right. You can't see us. It's not a video podcast. Oh, no, it's just no. a podcast. So that <laughs> no. it's the point. audio. It's the audio, but still easy. <laughs> all right. That is our show for this week. Um, all right. What's on our to-do list? I'll just start. Mine is to lay low. That's it. My <laughs> Good one. Laying Good. Low. I'm, yes. I'm not venturing out yet. I'm laying, laying very low this week. Julie, how about you? I'm going to vote, Leanne. We have primaries here, uh, early voting in Texas. And these are not for, you know, these are down ballot positions, but those are really important to vote for. I hope everyone gets out and voting, uh, gets out to vote. Good, good. Yeah. What's Liz? Well, you know, now that I've had my vacation, I actually have quite a bit of work to do this summer. <laughs> As I've mentioned, I work in track and field and America, we are about to have the biggest summer of track and field we've ever had in the history of the United States. So I'm working on the world championships, which happens at the end of uh, July in Eugene, Oregon, but everything really starts now. So starting next week, it's going to be a lot of track meets in my future. Got to get ready. So um, yeah, time to buckle down, sisters. Yeah. Get that hydration up. Liz. <laughs> yes. For your yes. performance. Yeah. And I'm going to. And, and no doubt I will come across Celine Flanagan so I can get muffin tips from, <laughs> from Shailene. Really good. Really I'm good. sure I'll run into Shailene maybe Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> okay. Oh, Shailene. Why am I saying Shailene? Shailene. I'm sorry, <laughs> Shailene. <laughs> Shailene is Woodley. No. Okay. Shailene Flanagan. There you go. All right. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, sisters, have a great week. You too, you too Leanne. Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs> <laughs>